Hello and welcome to Macpreneur, the show that helps entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schreurs and here we go for today's episode. So in today's show, I'll share with you some tips and tricks when traveling with Apple Gear. I'll go through the entire process from preparation to arriving at destination, and I hope you'll discover new and interesting apps along the way. But before diving in, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the show. I truly appreciate you fitting the MacPoner podcast in your busy life. If it's your first time, welcome to the MacPoner tribe. You're joining listeners located all around the world. And if you're listening for a while now, I'm super grateful that you're sticking with me. Either way, my goal is to help you operate your Apple devices faster and be more productive even between episodes. This is why I've prepared 30 tips for your iPhone and Mac. To sign up for this free email course, just visit macponercom forward slash tips. So now let's dive into today's topic. At the time of recording, I'm actually in the middle of two international trips. Uh, Last week, I flew to Mallorca with my family to get some welcome sunshine and some rest. And uh, this weekend, uh, from Saturday, November 9th through November 10th, I'll be joining Chris Ducker and hundreds of other entrepreneurs at the Youpreneur Summit in London. I'll be on my way back when this episode will air. And uh, so if if I've seen you, if we've met during the, the conference... I can already say uh, thank you for uh, talking to me and uh, and sharing your your experience with um, Macpreneur. So this topic is really top of mind for me right now, and I'm sure it's going to be useful for you to help you with your next travel, whether it is in a few weeks, in a few months, or even uh, next year. So I've split the episode in four parts. Uh, first, I'll talk about the preparation phase, so something that uh, takes place months before the actual travel day. Then, uh, what to do the day before the actual travel day, then the day of travel. And finally, a few things to do when you have arrived at your destination. Okay, so now let's start with the preparation. And already... Uh, in the booking and, and planning phase, you can already use uh, mobile devices like your iPhone or your iPad to book a rental car, to book your bus, your train, your airplane. So there are a bunch of interesting applications that you can already use. Um, the one that I use usually is a Kayak for um, plane uh, tickets. And at least it's giving me uh, comparisons of uh, different um, airlines and and I'm I've also the the opportunity to decide how many times I want to stop and um, so it's it's a, it's a great great app but you can also find um, very uh, useful apps for train uh, travels and also for buses just uh, check the ones in your country or the country of destination. Now for accommodation as well, there are useful applications like 
uh, Trivago, um, Airbnb, if it is the, the kind of accommodation that you're looking for. Um, not necessarily for booking, but uh, to check on the quality or to have some pictures and also some reviews. There's the TripAdvisor application that is useful. So there are a bunch of um, apps that you can use, obviously in parallel to, to their website, but with uh, with a mobile app, um, you can uh, create an account already and you can usually you can save uh, when you see interesting uh, Airbnbs, for instance, you can save them and uh, and later on decide uh, which one you you want to pick. Okay, so in addition to to the transportation, it's also important that you uh, check the local embassy. So in your in the country of destination, so check where it is. What are the opening times of your embassy and maybe contact them and, and see usually on, on the website you will have already a lot of information regarding visa requirements vaccination requirements and this is this is something that especially for for me who live in, live in Europe and when I travel to the US I always like to have that information handy so print it and um, and having the, the the phone number for the embassy with me as well uh, stored in my in my contacts. Then um, there's also the thing about data plans. So when you will be abroad, whether it is uh, or when whether you will be abroad or even uh, in your own country but in a different state, for instance, you you still have to check with your mobile phone provider about uh, your data plan. Um, I'm not actually familiar with uh, with the US. I guess doesn't it wouldn't be a problem flying uh, and going between states. But in Europe, for instance, uh, it's only very recent that um, the European Union abolished the the roaming charges across uh, European countries. And so, yeah, it's it's important to contact your um, data plan provider and ask them okay I will go in these and these and these countries um, are there roaming charges yes no and if so uh, how much and do you have any uh, arrangement possible with local uh, uh, mobile phone providers so that maybe you, you could uh, have actually a, uh, you could be able to to buy a local sim card at a, at a discount uh, personally, I'm with Orange in uh, Luxembourg, and very recently, they added the US as uh, they consider the US like a, another European country. So that means that for me, now if I travel to the US, I don't need to buy a local SIM card. Uh, my data plan covers me also in the US, and I don't have any uh, roaming charges. But that's something that you have to check with your mobile phone provider if it's the case or not so now comes so let's say that uh, it's an issue for you you have there there will be uh, uh, a lot of fees and roaming charges will be very high then you have actually two options you could uh, buy a local sim card when you arrive at your destination but really be careful 
because of the link between the SIM card and iMessage, for instance, FaceTime and WhatsApp. So if you remove your uh, normal SIM card and you replace it with another one, you will have to re-authenticate iMessage, FaceTime and so on. And the problem is if people try to contact you uh, through your old phone number, your normal local phone number, it will not work. So if you plan to have a local SIM card, my advice is would be to, to take a secondary device. Um, I remember last time that I went to the US, it was for, for the Sean West conference. And I had I just had bought the, the iPhone 8 Plus at the time, and I still had my iPhone 6. And so I took the iPhone 6 with me, and it's on the iPhone 6 that I put the local SIM card. And then uh, I would actually uh, uh, share the connection between my iPhone 6 and my iPhone 8 when I need it absolutely to have uh, some uh, 4G. Otherwise, I would use uh, Wi-Fi. Now, with newer devices, with uh, starting with the iPhone XR and the XS, so with uh, also the 11, 11 Pro, 11 Pro Max, and also some iPads, the, the iPad Pro with Face ID, and the, the latest iPad 7, the 7th generation iPad, now they have the option of a secondary eSIM for electronic SIM. This means that you can subscribe to uh, and, and purchase a data plan, a secondary data plan. And once you are at your destination and you activate the data plan, you can say anything that uh, needs cellular data will use the secondary eSIM. But all your phone calls or everything related to um, yeah, your phone calls, your SMSs, all those will go through your primary SIM card, the physical SIM card that you have in your phone. Um, there are a few providers like uh, uh, GeekSky and um, let me check again, uh, Surfroom, Orbix International. So you have a, a bunch of, uh, of options, TruePhone as well. Now, um, even though it's possible and it exists, it's uh, not cheap. It's not cheap. Uh, you the roughly for one gigabyte or two gigabytes of data within 30 days, it will cost you between 20 and 30, sometimes 40 uh, euros or dollars, depending on the country where you will be at. Okay, so it's uh, it's not cheap, but it's an option and I would say that it's a better option than having to switch uh, from your normal SIM to a local SIM. Okay, so that's uh, if you want absolutely to have uh, access to 4G or 3G network at your destination. Um, let's continue also a little bit with uh, the admin. So I already talked about uh, uh, having some paper copies of everything related to the embassy. I like also to have paper copies of my uh, booking confirmations, um, a photocopy of the passport or the ID card. So anything that is uh, 
related to my identity, um, I, I like to have a paper copy of it with me in case I lose my wallet or somebody steals my wallet. Um, so that's uh, something that uh, that I think uh, it, it's important to have with you as well. So now, now let's go and um, continue with the tech side of things. So talking about all those booking confirmation, passport and so on, on top of the paper version, I like also to have an electronic version with me. So either it's a, it's a scan version of the passport or the ID card. And for that, uh, this is something I recommend to store in the, in one password or in LastPass, so in something that is it's a protected vault. I would not store that in a Google Drive or OneDrive or iCloud Drive or something like that. Um, what will go in Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive, and so on would be the rest, so the booking confirmations and and stuff like that. Um, having an, an electronic copy with you is good because you, you never know if uh, if the, the paper copies would uh, would disappear or, or something like that. Then on your mobile device, what is good to also prepare is to install and configure a VPN, so a virtual private network. It's a way to protect yourself when connected to untrusted uh, Wi-Fi networks like at the airport, in a hotel, and stuff like that. Um, the one I recommend is uh, Tunnel Bear. You get one and a half gigabytes of free per month. Um, if you tweet a small promotional, if you if you send a small promotional tweet, otherwise it's 500 uh, megabytes free. You get one gigabyte on top of that if you do the the promo tweet. Otherwise, it's a paid application. You could, if you if you needed that just for one month, if you needed unlimited uh, bandwidth through the VPN, it and you would just need that for one month, it would cost you ten dollars, and then you could go back to the free plan. Otherwise, if you if you don't want to 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 think about it, you just want to be protected, have an unlimited data, you could pay on a yearly basis, and you could get actually. A, 50% um, off with Tunnel Bear. It's uh, $60 for the entire year. This is the, this is one thing that, for instance, that um, that I pay for through EasyTech. So it's a, it's a business expense. But at least I know that when I'm traveling, all the traffic between my iPhone and uh, the destination server cannot be spied upon uh, wherever I am. Now, if you travel with your Mac, so if you plan to take your Mac with you either and use it at your destination or even use it while traveling and connect it to uh, Wi-Fi networks, do the same on your Mac. Uh, also configure a VPN. Um, TunnelBear has applications for the Mac, for macOS and for iOS. Now, on top of the VPN on your Mac, it's also best to check if you have activated file vault. So for, for that, you have to go to system preferences and uh, you have to go to security and uh, privacy. And there you have to check if file vault is activated. File vault is doing what? It's uh, completely encrypting your hard drive, meaning that if you turn off your Mac and if somebody steals it and try to access the hard drive, like 
from the outside side, like booting from a Linux distrib distribution or booting from a USB key or something like that, the content of the hard drive will not be uh, readable. If you don't activate file vault, uh, actually the data is not protected. So you may think that yes, uh, I have a I have a strong uh, user account password on my Mac, but that's just preventing somebody from logging as you. But there is nothing that's protecting the data on the hard drive itself. You really need file vault to protect that. And if you plan to connect your Mac to to uh, different Wi-Fi networks, open Wi-Fi networks and so on, make sure that you also deactivate uh, file sharing. So you go also to system preferences and then sharing and make sure that file sharing and uh, for instance, remote login, remote management, all those things are turned off. Otherwise, other people who are on the same network as you could actually discover your Mac and, and also access data uh, from your Mac and there it doesn't matter if FileVault is activated or not they will have access to the data or they they will be able to try to log in as you and try to break into your computer but it's better to close entirely the door to have no door at all okay so next up is it's all about accessories um, I talked a lot about accessories in the context of the iPad in episode 35 and so most of uh, what what I talked about episode 35 applies right now I will just take a few of those and mention them now because they, they still apply for traveling for instance the first one is the Apple TV and an HDMI cable so if you do a presentation for instance that could be a way to connect to a projector and then do over uh, AirPlay you could use your iPhone uh, to, pr to do your presentation rather than your, your computer but it's also interesting if you travel and, and uh, in, the, in the hotel or in your Airbnb there is a large uh, TV, flat screen TV with an HDMI input well if you have your Apple TV and you connect it to, to Wi-Fi locally you will have access to all your, your, contact, your content multimedia content from uh, your Apple TV so it's also um, nice to, it doesn't take a lot of space in the in your luggage and uh, I think it's a nice companion when when traveling in addition to the Apple TV I also would recommend to to buy to buy and to bring a portable Wi-Fi repeater um, so it's something that that can plug directly into a wall socket and preferably with an Ethernet uh, uh, cable so that you, in, in, sometimes in some hotels, even though they advertise that they have Wi-Fi, you may be in a room really at the edge of the Wi-Fi signal. So yes, there will be Wi-Fi signal, but you will have maybe one or two maximum uh, uh, bars of, of Wi-Fi. Um, but in, in some hotels, you still have an Ethernet uh, cable from the wall and so if you have with you this kind of portable wi-fi repeater you plug it in plug the ethernet cable into the repeater and now you have your very own wi-fi access point which will be very strong um, 
I was using, uh, I still have, but they, they are not sold anymore, uh, D-Link uh, DIR505. Now uh, it looks like they've been replaced with the D-Link DAP1365. And which is also nice because even though, so it plugs into the wall socket, but it you can still use it to put a plug in it. So this is a great solution with two antennas. Otherwise, there is also the TP-Link uh, Nano, which uh, which also is very portable. And um, on top of that, you can even recharge uh, over USB uh, your, your mobile device uh, in addition to that. Okay, the next accessory is a power bank. Uh, that's great, especially if you travel a lot, if you if you will have like a, almost a full day of travel, um, have a power bank uh, with you. Um, now it's more for the entire trip rather than just uh, the, the traveling days. Having a portable hard drive is also can be useful to, to back up the photos that you may have of your iPhone and your iPad, especially if you travel in a remote locations where you, you don't have Wi-Fi every day or all the time, it's good to to offload, either just to offload your iPhone, but also to have a backup copy of the photos on your iPhone. On top of that, you can also locally store movies and music so that you can access it and not uh, fill your iPhone um, when, you, when you will be traveling. Um, some examples that I mentioned uh, last time was the SanDisk iExpand, which has a lightning connector on one side and a normal USB-A connector on the other side. Uh, there is also the uh, iDisk uh, one terabyte, and that's a combo. It's a, a hard drive, very large hard drive with one terabyte of storage, but on top of that, it's a 10,000 mAh battery. So it's combining power bank and portable hard drive. And this one is uh, around $130. Now, if you travel with uh, your iPad, uh, I recommend to, and, and you plan not to take your uh, MacBook Air or MacBook Pro with you, which is uh, the case for me at, uh, at the Uprana Summit. I don't, it's, it's only two days. I don't need to take my computer and actually I don't want to take my computer. But I want to be able to take notes, and uh, so I have an iPad Air 1, which I will take with me. And I found a nice uh, keyboard case uh, from uh, uh, Uzone. And uh, it's nice because uh, I can actually detach the, the keyboard if I wanted to. So I can have it uh, in pure tablet mode or in uh, quote-unquote laptop mode. And in addition, it has uh, backlit uh, keys. Uh, last year I, I took my iPad mini 4 with me but the, the in the in the conference center where where we have where there is the Uprona summit it was a bit too dark during the presentations and I could not I could not see the, the keyboard very well and though it was a it was painful last last year I hope this time uh, with the uh, backlit keys it's gonna be uh, uh, better otherwise you have other brands like the the Bridge keyboard BRY, the DGE for the iPad Pro um, and so on. But I would say think about where you will be and uh, also uh, on the airplane. Sometimes 
it's good to have uh, backlit keys. Now, if your iPad is running iOS 13 and, and really you, you don't want to take your, um, your MacBook or MacBook Air or MacBook Pro with you um, and your iPad is running iOS 13, then you, you could uh, also take a Bluetooth mouse because since iOS 13, it's possible to actually have a small cursor and move it uh, with the mouse. Or it could be, can be also a, a wired uh, mouse. But then for that, you will need uh, an adapter. You will need uh, the lightning to USB adapter. But uh, yeah, the, the Apple Magic Mouse works great on the on an iPad running iOS 13. I've tried it with my iPad mini 4 and it's uh, working uh, fine. The last bit of uh, accessory that I will talk about is um, headphones. So you have different uh, options. You can have an in-ear uh, headphones versus uh, over-the-ear headphones. Um, if you have in-ear ones, depending on how they fit, and especially if, if there is a, some, some seal, you could already have some passive noise uh, blocking. Um, for instance, I, I use uh, wired uh, Philips headphones with a rubber tip, and they fit so snugly in, in my ear that in my ear that just having them in my ear blocks maybe 50% of the, uh, the, the plane engine noise. Um, that's passive because you put something in your ear, but there are also headphones with active noise cancelling. And active noise cancelling works how there are some microphones that listen to the ambient uh, noise and they try to actually completely cancel it by um, emitting the reverse of the wave length and of the of the sound wave, the reverse sound wave of the outside noise. Um, I've had uh, those in the past and uh, they worked quite well. Um, at the time of recording, it's been a week a little bit more than a week than the newest AirPods Pro have been out and so they are the successor of the AirPods and they actually feature uh, active noise cancelling. I've not had the, the, the opportunity yet to test them. I really would like to, to test them because they, in addition to being inside the ear with a rubber tip, they have on top of that active noise cancelling. If you don't like things that uh, that go inside your ear, uh, the Beats uh, Solo Pro is an example of over-the-ear headphones that also have uh, active noise cancelling. Uh, in both cases, we're talking about in a budget between $270 and, and $300. Um, it's very good to block out um, plane engine noises for instance because this is a very repeatable uh, kind of uh, uh, sound waves it works a little bit less well uh, in a crowd because uh, of the different kind of voice and modulation and so on and um, 
with the newest AirPods Pro, they even have a I think it's transparency mode that they call it, meaning that you can actually um, completely you can deactivate noise cancelling, but actually amplify through the 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 through software amplify the 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 noise that is outside. So if you're um, uh, traveling by bike, for instance, and you want to still want to listen to music, but you want also to be aware of your surrounding, it's possible to actually have uh, to 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 really listen to to the the traffic for for safety reasons. Okay, so that's um, in preparation. So I talked about those accessories because uh, you should uh, you should order them weeks or sometimes months in advance because you know you may not sure not be sure how long it will take for shipping and so on i will put links in the show notes for some of them um, in uh, macpreneur.com for slash episode 48 okay so now um, we're on the day before our our trip um, the first thing that I, I recommend to do and that I do is uh, I back up all my devices. So I do an iCloud backup of all my mobile devices and I, and I also do a local backup of them in addition. So if I have space on, on my computer via iTunes, I will do both an iCloud backup and an iTunes backup. I will charge all the devices and uh, the accessories and then I will do the electronic check-in, so uh, checking the of the hotel, but also the flight. Now, a small tip: if you do uh, online boarding or if you do electronic boarding from the application from your uh, airline, and you have luggages that you need to drop off, when you will be dropping off your luggages, the airport staff at that point can print physical boarding passes if you needed to if you didn't have uh, the opportunity for instance to to print it especially when when on the flyback when you do the uh, electronic boarding on your phone and you don't have access to a printer you can still ask the airport staff to print physical boarding passes on top of your electronic ones at that point, I recommend to add as much stuff as possible to wallet, so your flight tickets, your event tickets, uh, uh, put your credit card if you can use them with Apple Pay. So have as much as possible in electronic format. And also download as much uh, multimedia content as possible on your iPhone or on an iPad, like music, podcasts, audiobooks, um, in Amazon Prime, with Amazon Prime, you can also download some videos with Netflix, you can download also. So either you download them on your device if you have enough space or you fill your external hard drive. Then download all the necessary applications for transportation, for the accommodation, make sure that you have everything. Uh, transportation, for instance, uh, look in the city of destination if they have um, like buses or metro subway uh, specific local uh, applications i remember when i was in austin texas i downloaded the uh, the app uh, for the buses and so i was able to see uh, at what time there were buses from the airport to uh, uh, downtown uh, austin and, and stuff like that 
small tip also for Google Maps, so uh, Google Maps uh, works worldwide, but it's possible with Google Maps to download data over Wi-Fi for a predefined region. So you decide, you, you pinch to zoom, uh, zoom in and out, and you decide the area for which you want to download already the data. That means that you can do that in advance at home, and you can already download, for instance, all the downtown uh, area of your local destination. That means that when you will be using Google Maps locally at, at the destination, you won't need to have 4G or to use 4G or 3G. You will have all the data on your, on your device. And um, at that point also, before the day before, I will download a local copy of the most important files that I need on, on my iPhone or on my iPad. Um, I would say avoid iCloud Drive because you don't really control uh, how iCloud Drive manages the data. Uh, unless it's Keynote or Pages or Numbers, then yes, uh, but still download them the day before. For the others, for Google Drive, Dropbox, and so on, you can flag files as being as you as for you wish to have a local copy all the time, so that you can have access to, for instance, the the boarding information, uh, uh, reservation, hotel reservation. You will have access to a local copy, and you don't need the internet to read them, read the documents on your device. The last thing uh, to do the day before is to check the weather uh, at your destination so that you can uh, bring clothes or you can also uh, wear appropriate clothes during your travel day. The application that I really recommend is called AccuWeather. It's much better and more accurate than the, the Apple, the native Apple weather app. Okay, so next up, the travel day. So any device that you won't use during travel, while traveling, turn them off. So especially those that go inside the, inside the plane, if you, if you travel by plane, turn off all the devices you don't use so that they don't try to communicate, try to get uh, Wi-Fi or cellular data or stuff like that. Turn them off. First of all, you will you will get you you will save battery, but also you have less chances of somebody trying to hack into it and seeing it. Now, on your main phone, on your main iPhone, I would say turn off cellular data usage for most of the apps that you you won't use during the the travel, and I would say I would include also the photos app. So yes, you will take a lot of photos. You may take a lot of videos and so on during your during travel, but uh, turn off cellular data usage so that it doesn't consume uh, your your bandwidth uh, for that. If you need to, you you need also to turn off to manually turn off roaming or uh, double check that it, the roaming is turned off. For that, you go in uh, in settings and uh, cellular data. Um, at that point, I would also make a screenshot of the data usage so that I have a record of how much data I used until then, that point. And then you can reset. If you really scroll at the very bottom of the cellular data panel, 
there is a reset uh, data usage statistics at the bottom so you can reset them and so you can have a it's not 100% accurate but you have a feel for how much data you will be using while traveling so you can monitor how much data you use especially it's especially useful if uh, you have an uh, an eSIM plan for instance now if you use one password and you you want to protect some of the votes you can temporarily deactivate them it's called uh, one password travel mode uh, it's only available if you have a one password subscription so that's uh, feasible you, you can do that from the app and then also security uh, related um, if you're worried about where you will be traveling so and especially uh, at uh, border control it's i would turn off uh, biometric authentication to unlock the phone so you can keep it you can keep uh, biometric authentication so touch id face id for your purchases and for the apps and so on but for unlocking the phone i would turn that off so you have two options you can leave the setting as they are on your phone in the settings app but when you arrive near border control or when you are in a sketchy potentially dangerous situation you activate emergency sos so to do that on the newest phone you hold and starting with the iphone 8 8 plus and 10 you hold one of the volume buttons and the on off button you hold them for a few seconds and it will activate emergency sos at that point it will deactivate the biometric authentication if you have an older phone you have to press five times on the on off button and it will activate an emergency sos at that point the only way to unlock your phone is through the passcode now if if you don't want if you want to be even more uh, secure and uh, cautious then you could go actually in settings then face id encode or touch id encode and then you would toggle, toggle off the use of touch id or face id for unlocking the phone so that means that whenever you need to unlock the phone you will need to enter your passcode or your password if you put a, a password on it now if you're if you're traveling with sensitive information and you really really don't know what's happening and uh, beware that um, it's possible if somebody else takes your phone and you don't see what they do it's possible for them to inject code so that and inject spy software on iphone so it doesn't work on the newest ones so the ones with uh, since the a13 so it's the um, i think it's the 10r 10s 10s max those devices are protected but anything below that so the iphone 10 the iphone 8 8 plus all the iPhone below, those can be hijacked and you don't see anything. The only way to, um, to protect yourself would be to shut down the device and so turn it off completely and turn it on again. Otherwise, you have no way of, see, of knowing that there is, a, there is spyware on your device. So if, you're, if you have an older device that is susceptible to this kind of hack and you really, really don't want uh, bad surprises then worst case scenario 
I would reset the, the phone to factory settings and then you set it up as a new iPhone and you only add the necessary contacts and, and email accounts during the travel. Knowing that when you will be, because you have done a, a backup, an iCloud backup, when you will be at your destination on the other side of border control or in your hotel or where you have Wi-Fi, you could then uh, restore from the backup over Wi-Fi. Uh, again, it's travel day, so now you have to think about uh, security again and uh, activate the VPN. So turn on the VPN, make sure that it's on all the time so that any time you connect over... It's not that it's on all the time. It's on when you're on an unsecured Wi-Fi. Every time you connect to unsecured Wi-Fi at the airport, in a restaurant, on a motorway or on any restaurant or the hotel, activate the VPN. Take this habit of protecting your connection using the VPN. And finally, when you arrive at your destination, so I already mentioned, if you absolutely need to, you could restore from the iCloud backup. But I would say that's uh, extreme cases. Um, if you have decided to use an eSIM, you could activate the eSIM at that, that point so that uh, you can, you can uh, use the, the cellular data plan. And I would go back then to the uh, cellular data usage uh, app by app and decide, decide which ones are allowed to use uh, cellular data. And uh, basically that's, uh, <laughs> that's it for my tips and tricks when uh, traveling with Apple Gear. I hope you found this episode useful and you have a better idea of how to prepare and and also leverage your Apple gear. Uh, as usual, a, a transcript of this episode and all the links will be in the show notes available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 48, where you're more than welcome to provide feedback in the comments section. Actually, I'd love to know how you use your Apple gear while traveling. And until next time, I'm Damien Schwartz, wishing you a great day.